the Transverse Network, this is The Transgender Show, an interview program about self-acceptance and discovery. I'm your host, Emily. This week on the show is Jay Exodus Hooper, a black, non-binary teacher, student of the interdisciplinary arts, ethical humanist clergy, and host of the show Keep Living. I like to start off, um, and, and uh, I don't know that I always ask this question right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to phrase it this way. Are you comfortable about talking about your identity itself? Um, you know, I like to talk about my identity because I find that it is a, um, I'm an artist. So I realize that I'm constantly in, in creation. And so I respect that about myself. Um, and I have always respected that about myself. Um, growing up, um, Pentecostal. So if you wonder where all that energy comes from, it comes from a lot of that, you know, hey, embodied energy. Um, and very embodied experience, um, very well loved, um, always filled with possibility and curiosity, but I was always creative. Um, so it was nothing strange for me to engage in, you know, in things that were queer or different. Mm -hmm. I did not come into understanding fully all of myself you know, and I'm still in this process, but I will say like to identify as a non, you know, as a non-binary person, I had to really sit with the fact that I felt the divine feminine and I felt my mask energy and I felt them both residing. And I was like, okay, today I feel more, more, you know, more femme. And here it is, you know, my partner, you know, she, you know, she and she, her, they, they and them really helped me usher, you know, a lot of that portion of my life. And I was really realizing that, like, in many ways, she was also the femme that I saw myself in, which was very interesting. I saw a reflection of the femme that I like to be when I looked into, into, into her. And then there was a part of me that also had to appreciate the mass and the, and the energy, you know, my mass energy. And I was really sitting with this for quite some time. I've been sitting with this all throughout seminary. Try, try to do this while you're doing seminary. Honey, woo, you want to mess with your faith? <laughs> I was like, oh, no, no, no. And here it is. I was raised Pentecostal, so I had no, no texture, like, you know, it is what it is. It is a very black and white situation. You can't, you know, it's, it's very, you know, this is male, this is female, this is what it is. And I was like, why do I feel comfortable in both spaces? Why do I feel comfortable holding this energy? Why do I feel comfortable holding, you know, all of this? And I'll never forget, I went out to a restaurant. And I had on a piece with no um, with no strap um, with, with with straps. Uh, so it was like a tank. It was like a it was like a t-shirt. It was a t-shirt. It was long, and it and then um, a, and then I had a denim denim uh, vest jacket that also had no sleeves. The restaurant said I could not come in because I was not dressed appropriately as a man. I was so confused and I was so like, 
And I was thinking to myself, like, what is going on? Hold on. I'm not dressed appropriate. Men are not supposed to wear tank tops. But I didn't have on a tank top. And then I was like, I don't have on. So then shoe game, honey, I had on heels. So there was no way for them to be. <laughs> I was like, what, what are you saying? I don't know what you're saying to me. I had a moment where I literally had blocked out the world. And all of its structure. And I was like, wow, why am I feeling like this? Why does it feel like every bit of my personhood was being attacked? Every bit of my aspect of my humanity was being attacked. And I moved through the world in a very creative lens, dealing, dealing from the creative lens as a cosmos, constantly wanting to create new stories. I wasn't dealing from a space within my queerness and my creativity from a place of chaos. There's a difference because when I had to deal with the chaos of my reality that I could not walk into the world, that's when good trouble had to happen because (laughs) it did. It really did. Because I had to sit with the reality. I said, and I looked at, you know, my boyfriend, I said, I want to go into this restaurant. I don't understand. I said, you know, over here, Becky got on the tank top and got on sneakers and she don't look half as cute as I do. She didn't. And I knew it. And I just was like, I just know. And you can't tell me I can't look over here and see, you know, what, you know, Brad and be like, Brad, I'm dressed better than you. You barely got on it. You just got on a regular polo shirt and some khakis. What you doing? You basic. <laughs> right? <laughs> you can tell I'm, I get like a real fashionista in the head. So I was like, oh, I was like, this is not probably the way that people want to think of me. But I was like, oh, no, you're going to get red. <laughs> well, and, yeah, I love that. You're, you're looking at the situation through your filter and you're seeing like, like you're seeing things in different levels than what you know they're viewing it as and and different categories entirely and you're like but i'm in a higher category than all these people these shalubs that are out here looking <laughs> yes i was like why why are we doing this like and so they called the manager the manager comes out tells me no and so at this point they expect for me to get rowdy i know why they expect me to get rowdy because where am i i'm in baltimore Number two, I'm a person of color. I just so happen to be a queer person of color. So here in Baltimore, queer people of color, we have a bad rep, but I'm fine to be whatever I need to be. So I literally looked and I said, you know what? I still want to go into this restaurant, but I'm not going to push it. So I walked around. Me and my boyfriend are talking. What happens is he can see that it's bothering me. <laughs> and he's white. So... He's, he can move in the world very differently than I can. And he can move through the world in a very different way because of his age and because of his stature and because of his, just the look already. So I said, why don't you use your privilege? <laughs> I went for it. I went for it, honey. I did. I went for it. Just use your privilege. Just see what happens. See, tell, let me see if the manager comes out for you. Let me see if you have security at your door. Come on, because I don't know if anybody else has been through this, but I had, we had security and a manager telling me no. He walks up, guess what? 
not a manager, not security, none of which. And when I walked behind him, they were confused. We didn't already broke the barriers because at this point, they didn't realize that I was with him. But the manager doesn't want me in the store. I mean, doesn't want me. In, doesn't want me sitting near the front. Ask me where we go. Ask asking asking the way where where are you sitting them? Because now I've become a problem. This let me know on so many levels why it is so problematic to bring all of this into the equation to be not only dealing with intersections but matrix of domination in the words of Dolores Williams. Being black or being a person of color while being queer, while also living in not only a queer body, but also a, non, a non-binary body and having to operate from a space in which people have already made assumptions about you. If you have ever seen yourself constantly strike out, hell, I mean, it was just like all clear to me that I needed to own every bit of what was trying to be that domination and say, I accept this, but I affirm who I am. I will accept this, but I will always affirm who I am. And so that is where all of that self-love comes from because I had dealt with the queer creative chaos in a way to say I'm going to transform it for my for my cosmos because I needed a new story. And so my new story came out, you know, as Jay Exodus, as you know, as as being, you know, as as moving further into understanding myself as a non-binary person, as understanding that I was not I was also disrupting the status quo, that I'm polyamorous, that you know, I'm a person who can move in the world. I own, I own proudly my dialogue as someone who has been a survivor of HIV for 13 years. I'm like, no one can just hold those things without feeling some kind of shame based off of our society, based off of our circles, sometimes even within our own community, because we do so much shunning. We do so much exempting. Um, we, we are, we are, we, you know, we, we have so many barricades instead of having simply boundaries. And boundaries are different than barricades. Mm-hmm. But I think if we really work on ourselves, we can get rid of that, you know? So that's how I've come to who you see today. Um, you might see somebody tomorrow different, and that's okay. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I, I love evolving, mm-hmm. you know? And that is, that is the thing about... That's the thing about our sexuality. That's the thing about our our, our gender identities. They are ever evolving. Um, And we should hold them and cherish them for when they are brought before us, for us to gaze upon them and love them in all of their ultimate radical realities that they offer us in that moment. Because we become not just surreal, but we become the thing that everyone has dared to imagine. I dare us, I dare us in our community to love ourselves that way. That's, that is something that we should dare to love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and going back to it, the, the gatekeeping that happens in the community sometimes, you know, um, 
seeing seeing uh, bisexuals derided by both sides, both the queer community and the straight community, seeing non-binary folks looked down upon by uh, transgender folks, binary transgender folks. Uh, it's it, it blows my mind. It doesn't make any sense. Like um, it, it, people tried to to go with the black and white and say that you know there you, there's there's an either or, there's mm -hmm. there's no reverence for the journey. Um, and the exploration of your identity and the, the fluidity of it. Um, it's got to yeah. be, you have to have a destination. You have to work towards that. And if you're not, if you take steps back, you're detransitioning. I just absolutely hate that term and that concept. Um, yeah, right? That's the face I make. Um, and it, it, just, it just negates the validity of, of an exploration. And yeah, you know, it you're, does. You're, Sorry, I'm having them all. I'm thinking about that like, oh, honey, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm glad that we're here to 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 break that up and and show that everybody in the transgender under the transgender umbrella is is welcome here, is yeah. equal, and you know, can row in the same direction. We can we can we can get this moving and and do good things. Uh, so my arm muscles, I can see this going to be a workout on on this network. We about to do some. Whew, I, I look, I got little arms too, so I, this jacket might not fit after I'm done. <laughs> uh, so you sort of alluded to it, and I wanted to ask my, my favorite question to ask uh, trans folks is, uh, how did you choose your name? Is J Exodus a, um, a a chosen name, something you cultivated, or was that given to you? Oh my gosh! Yay! Somebody actually asked the question that matters. <laughs> <laughs> um. So my so. That is my chosen name. J is my chosen name with the accent E. Now, if you did hear anyone in, so if you, you wouldn't know the difference a lot of times if you were just around like my folk at, uh, you know, from, you know, my community, you know, from like home who knew me, uh, they still say J because that would be J-A-Y. But there, there is a J-A-Y and then there is J, which has this little soft and this, you know, kind of flair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that that believe it or not um was developed out of seminary mind you i was already kind of annoyed every time because people would introduce themselves like oh my name jay and i was like okay i knew that their their nickname was jay but it was like standing for jason or jonathan and so like you always had that like i am literally just jay my father's middle name is J, J-A-Y. I am just J. So when people would ask me, well, what is your name? I'd say J. They said, does that stand for anything? I want your government. I was like, I'm giving you my government. You don't even believe that it's my government. So then that even made it even more problem. <laughs> I was like, gosh. Uh, so here it is. You know, I was sitting in seminary and I we were learning um, in about, you know, I was doing my Hebrew Bible class. So pardon me for anyone who has uh, any type of religious trauma. I do not mean this in any harm or anything, but in seminary, we do have to take this, take our Bible courses. And one particular parts of our, of our courses that we do have to study the Hebrew Bible. Um, I want to be very specific in saying that instead of saying Old Testament uh, and respectfully so for cultural reference. Um, and the, 
the Hebrew Bible was split up into various what they call documents. And one of the and two of the documents really set out for me, which was called the Uitic, the Uitic document, which deals with um, the 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 if you will the direct relationship of like the personal relationship with Yahweh, this Yahweh framework, a direct relationship. So we can imagine a Uitic document deals with everything that is directly personal to what we understand as personal God. So I was like, huh, this other document was an e-document. The e-document is the Eloist document where we understand understand the concept of God as doing something. Uh, God, um, God the Almighty, right? God the, you know, and so it was, and so it's it's a distancing, but it's built off of, quote, God's characteristics, not necessarily a doing, but a characteristic. So here you got the personal name and you got the characteristics. And I was like, you know, I really like this because I thought about myself. Now, I'm a humanist, to be honest with you. My All that training, and here I am, a humanist, right? Someone who works in the, in, in the non-theistic context. But I really, really like this idea of people being able to enter a space with me that was personal, that was deeply personal, where they could see themselves as a reflection of me and if they were scared of the reflection that they saw, it was also because they saw the fears that I had also dealt with. They saw all of those things. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to use the Uitic and I'm going to use the Elohist. I wanted them to see, I wanted people to see my character. So here it is. I want this down to earth experience. And that's how I turn these documents into an actual name where J.E., and then the accent really is taken from the Hebrew, the Hebrew uh, writings that have um, kind of this also kind of uh, marking that deals with the word shalah, which is really an action word for some kind of praise. It's kind of like a excitement. You know, it happens. It's just like, oh. So when you experience J, you're going to experience someone who's down to earth with a lot of excitement. Uh, and so that's the details of the name. It is really theologically, you know, <laughs> theorized, um, but it is packaged in these very kind of essential ways because I had to understand myself never wanting to lose myself. I never wanted to lose myself. For, I didn't want anybody else to own my narrative. Mm -hmm. And that's what those documents showed me, that there were too many people owning those narratives. And I was giving people the ops, the ability to own narratives that actually I needed to be in control of that spoke to my aliveness, which is the accent. Mm -hmm. So there you are. Well, <laughs> and I, I love that you're, you know, you're still able to honor the, the name that your parents gave you and your father's name, um, <laughs> but make it your own, make it represent you. And I, I, I think that's beautiful. My dad, really, I, I will say this, um, you know, I, I lost my father um, last, last um, not this past December, but the following December. Uh, and my dad was such a beautiful soul who embraced 
not only the person that I was, but he also embraced the fact that my, he embraced the fact that I wanted my name changed. He embraced that as like, and he didn't feel like he lost, you know, a child or a son. He always wanted to see me in my development, in my growth. And I always appreciate that about my father. Um, and it's something that I've really, you know, just taken my time to sit with because he as an ancestor is constantly with me as this, you know, as the person I am. I mean, honestly, these clothes that I have on right now, honestly, my father will be wearing every last bit of them. And, you know, we wouldn't think any more of it today, you know, with him because he was just a fashionable person too. So fashion is in the bloodline. Uh, <laughs> that's where you get it. I was like, oh, I have none of that. How do you get that? It's like, okay, you came by it. You came by it honestly. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I that look, that is my mother and my father, both fashion. My mother, my, my mother used to work at, work at Birdolph Goodman in New York. My father was all like, you know, Fred Astaire, old school, classic. They love, like, I don't know anything but fashion. Uh, <laughs> I'm a, a very much, I've always been a, a very discount shopper. And, 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 you know, part of that comes from the, 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 the shame and, um, the shame of being trans um, and not having that love for myself and, and feeling like I deserved, uh, you know, the, the, the nice things. I, I, I eventually kind of got there and, and was, was buying myself some nice dresses and, and uh, fancier stuff, but it, it did take a long time. And, the, and so the thrift shops and discount stores were absolutely where, where I started. Um, I, mean, I, it, you know, I still struggle with that too. I struggle with, as someone who likes to buy heels and stuff, I really have to, I struggle with where I go. Mm-hmm. to get them because I'm, I'm nervous about how someone may see me like live in the, you know, like, if I'm a, I just want to wear a heel. I just love a heel. If it's nice, if it's a pump, I love a good pump. I love a good pump. And it's like, yes, but it is very difficult. Cause I, I, I will say I have moments of like where I get nervous of, you know, and like, I, hopefully I can walk out of the store without nobody trying to jump me. Mm. Uh, Pumped. Oh, that was one of the moments when I realized I was in trouble. I was trying to keep a marriage together and I was trying to closet the, the, the cross-dressing. And um, I'm like, I'm never going to get into makeup. I'm never going to get into shoes. It's just the clothes and whatever. And I saw a pair of pumps in, in rose gold. And, and I just like, <laughs> something happened inside me, in my heart. And I was just like, this this is trouble. This is this is a bad thing for what I'm trying to hold together here. This is a very bad thing because uh, yeah, I, I'm not. I can't let these go. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like no. I'm gonna choose. I I really I really do. And I mean I, I love. Yeah, that might we might have to do a show where I just take y'all through my closet because uh, <laughs> I do. I love. I do. I really really enjoy my closet. I love the fact that actually me and me. Um, me and my life partner, she and I can wear the same size shoe uh, and, and wear the same size heel. So it's really, really nice. And so, you know, like, I'm like, yes, yes. Like black women every day, all day. Right. But yeah, like, give me queer black woman who is like, you know, we can embrace each other in our mystery. <laughs> and I, I love that. Um, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a really, really beautiful thing. But I, it's very challenging because I also try to think about both of our safeties. Mm-hmm. Um, as we navigate the world, because, you know, courageously, it's just hard for us to both show up. Uh, so I, I, I hope that, you know, that we can, at some point, ain't nobody really worried, you know, or thinking about it. But, you know, we just, at where we are today, it is something because 
it's not only about expression. Somebody was like, well, you know, you don't have, it's an embodiment. It's a real embodiment. And you, and the embodiment is an act of justice. The embodiment to dress, to put on the makeup, to put on your shoes, to own your identity is not just an expression. It is an embodiment of justice. You owe it to yourself to declare yourself as justice, as holy before anything, because it is a public declaration of your freedom to yourself. You know, we have forgotten that. Yeah. Um, from my very limited experience with, um, you know, spirituality and religion, you know, um, I seem to remember echoes from what you're saying of, of you know, the divine in all of us. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like that's very much lost in society these days where the divine is the divine and we're under that and, and need to follow these rules to be yeah. able to, to reach divinity at some point. And, and I think that it's important to remember the, the divinity in ourselves and, and, and embody that. Yes. Y'all make note of that. Put that in, your, put, write that on a piece of paper, put that in your purse, put that in your wallet, open it up like it's a fortune cookie later and read it. Know that for yourself, honey. <laughs> the divine is in yourself. In my first question uh, about your identity, I think you you answered a lot of the things that we we dive into early on in the questions here. Um, when did you first realize you were um, non-binary? You 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 sort of covered that. Maybe there's, you got a little bit more specifics to that of of when you when you realized that that was the term for you, that that was the uh, identity that um, that you embodied. It's so weird because I feel like, I feel odd because I'm like a millennial, right? So we're supposed to like, I like how like millennials are just deeply, deeply lumped together. But like, I'm like a veteran millennial. Like I'm the Nintendo cat. I'm like almost close to the Atari because I'm like 84, like 1984, right? Mm -hmm. So like, I was an Apple kid. So like the, I, the, 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 there wasn't, re I wasn't reading anything. I came out, like I said, a church home, you, you know, and there were just aspects at that time that too about like, there was a, a black respectability politic. I don't know if people are familiar with that kind of term, but there was a way that black people had to be seen in order to be respected by white folk. Um, and, and so, there were things that I was particularly being trained in to survive, to live, to be, um, you know, very well versed. I mean, I was, I knew classical music. It wasn't like I listened to it, but I knew it, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, we went to galleries and we, we did things like that. So, you know, I was very cultured. I just, we were not, we, we did not have, there was no language. Um, I'm also, I mean, to, to be very transparent, I'm the first in my family to go to college. I'm the first in my family to have a, have a doctoral degree. All of these things were very new, are very new for my family. Uh, where, you know, like, clearly everybody's like, oh, well, you're doing amazing things. But they don't know necessarily what that meant for me mm -hmm. in trying to navigate those spaces. Um, the more, um, the more I, I got involved. So I think when it comes down to it, when I think about, you know, the lump sum of the millennial, as I started off with, is this, is this thing of like sitting with the complexity of 
how how did I want to be seen in the world um, was really my question uh, a lot of times because I liked, you know, was, you know, was fashion rooted in the fact that I was, I was queer or was it rooted in the fact that I was creative? Was me being, you know, was me just being a person who like, I, I was a dancer. Did that have anything to do with my sexuality or was that just my creativity? Like, All of this was always constantly in conversation for me. Yeah. All of, but it, but now if you, if I looked at my expressions, if I looked at what I was embodying, if I looked at, you know, my posture, my demeanor, the way that I enjoyed myself, I, I was falling in love with myself in ways that I knew something was different. I could say that. If I had no language at all, I knew that the way that I was falling in love with myself and the person I was becoming was different. And it was not just, oh, I'm a sexy man. Or I'm a, like, or it wasn't this moment of where like, oh, I'm all, you know, I'm 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 all woman or I'm all the like it wasn't there. It was so different. And I was just like, I mean, I was like, I like how I, 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 I liked my shape. I began to fall in love with my body where like, you know, I wasn't homegrown. I, I didn't, you know, like when we talk about like the problems with, you know, when people like want to sit back and they're like, Oh, well, you're too small to be a man. You're too, you know, you're too big to be this. Like all of those play into factors on how people see themselves in the world. I I knew that. Like that wasn't my that wasn't my problem. Um, that wasn't my problem. I got to a place at some point that it just had to. I needed language, mm-hmm. and I needed texture and ethics. Ethics, not definitions. I needed an ethic, uh, which is very hard for queer folk because we don't oftentimes, we have definitions, but we don't have ethics and we don't leave enough room in the definition to find ourselves in ethics. Whereas like, how do we behave as these folk, as these individuals who are growing into ourselves? And, you know, as someone, I was like, okay, was I was I bisexual? No, I came to the I later came to the conclusion because I had language that I was pansexual because it didn't matter to me. I didn't have to be with a, a a man or a woman. I could be with someone who was trans or third gender. I had dated people who identified as as vampires. I had I had dated people who had identified as elves. That you know, it, it, you know, I was like, who are you, and how can I love you? How can I have an experience with you? All of that really took a huge turn in my life out of sitting in all of that, all of that curiosity, all of that mystery, all of that started to align by 2012. That is not too long ago, honey. But I've always been this individual. All I have now is language that allows for me to solidify it. And I have, and I've sat with having a posture and an ethic that allows for me to, to, you know, 
hold hold a space that 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 um that others can also maybe hopefully be like oh you you okay like that's why we can I can be in the same like I'm like yes like we connect you're okay you're not strange you're not different you're not weird you're not you know like later for the gatekeeping later for like demonizing all this other stuff like honey like if you like them you like them if you like them I love them let's go you know like that's how we roll I think that's very very tough when it comes when it comes down to pronouns I know that you know I like to be very very you know I like to be clear but because I come from a pastoral ethic, I know p- people have a hard time and I have a, I have a different kind of patience than some who probably need that. But am I going to advocate for us to get it together? I'm definitely going to advocate for it, but I, I'm not going to, you know, I'm definitely not going to take your head off because it's not happening right away. Um, you know, and I think that's a t- those are tough moments for for where I sit as, as a non-binary person. Um, and 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 holding that holding that tension but i think that's also the beauty of being non-binary there's such a tension mm-hmm. that is held um and i don't think a lot of a lot of you know non-conforming folk and and and, and non-binary folk talk about that tension uh but it allows for us to be intersectional and and try to meet the needs of our hum- of of others humanities with various needs of compassion by being open to our own possibilities when we meet, when we meet others in love. Um, and while also my other people might not understand how to love us or how we might name our genitalia or how we experience our own body and like the, and the politics of our body bodies when we are trying to move in the world, like I dealt with at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that is, is a tension that I, I have to say has, I've under I have undergirded with my lens, and I can't say this for everybody, but I have undergirded with my lens through the lens of curiosity, uh, through the lens of creativity. Well, there's there's so much to cover in in what you just said in that 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 whole segment there. Some uh, another thing that I hadn't kind of realized, um, the need for you to act in your life um, to to be safe. You needed to put on a persona. And to and to learn things to to be safe as a person of color in in this yes. country, um, and I just love that sort of the intersectionality between that and being trans, and um, and hopefully I uh, hopefully like exploring that and kind of coming out of that has helped you in your your journey to find yourself in your new identity. Hmm. Hmm. De- I mean, definitely. I, I mean, it, and and that's why I, that's why I always. I appreciate, I really appreciated, um, you know, you know, my ancestors of color, when it comes down to trans people of color, just the level of domination that is involved regarding race, economics, and status of education, it is not easily available for that, for, you know, for for those who have who who have to meet those demands, and I am watching a lot of that. There are many. I I I appreciate what I see. A lot of my white siblings do by stretching themselves out and, and being able to push into these spaces. But we gotta also bring along a lot of our 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 siblings of color and figure out what how do we deal with also these other dominations that the structural system is trying to put up 
because we overall over time we can't we can't integrate we all and 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 if if not if we can't integrate and others can we end up going through spaces of erasure and it's tough and it's a real tough call i'm glad that we're actually having this conversation because this is how we do this work because we because it is moments where it's like it is a it is a Yes, it's a it's a it's a great deal to be on this network with you, but it's also a great thing to see that you're it, that you're saying I want to align my values with you. Right? And I want to align my values with you so I can see you and walk alongside you. Um, in addition to right me saying thank you, right? And allow for me to be authentically myself and walk alongside you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reverend uh, Reverend Dr. Howard Thurman, who was the mentor of Dr. Martin Luther King, says it best. I want to be me without making it difficult for you to be you. I want to be me without making it difficult for you to be you. We've got to figure out a way to walk, walk alongside each other if we're going to really do this work. Yeah. And that goes back to the gatekeeping and the division that is, is so prevalent and and there seems to be no way to be yourself without it somehow affecting or stepping on somebody else right now. Everybody's. Honey, we got to stop playing. We, we got to stop playing this struggle Olympics. Ain't no need to have, look, we playing too many struggle Olympics. Everybody got to struggle. Okay. We, <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to be the first, the first person always in a struggle. I want, you know, like, but it happens. It's like, oh, my struggle is stronger than yours. Mine is worse than yours. It's, we can acknowledge it, but like we got to realize too, how can we walk alongside each other? But we got to be very clear about when we talk about those intersections and those denominations, it, you know, that, 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 you know, and bring those together so that we can walk alongside because we got to hold the tension. If we don't hold the tension, we're refusing, we're, we're refusing to see both the chaos and the cosmos we can, that we have to work through. In your, it, it, when you, figured out and started to come into your true identity. How were you received? What were the, the, the biggest challenges in coming out and and being seen and accepted? Because I was so late, uh, I would say in my in, in my like arrival, I think that one of the things about it was I would say it was a lot easier coming out or better yet coming in as a, you know, as pansexual, uh, as it was very easy to come in as, as queer. And it was very easy. Uh, when I say easy, I mean, I'm, I'm really not trying to like smooth this over like water. Uh, but because there was not language in my household and there wasn't language around the people that I I mean, most people were like, oh, I didn't, I'm not surprised. You know, there were some people, I wasn't surprised. You know, you've always been very unique. You know, you've always been very this way. So it was like, you know, I didn't have, I didn't have that. I don't, it didn't, be, it didn't dawn on anyone until I stated that I was polyamorous. And then it became a different discussion. And then it became a different, you know, it became a different 
position of like who I was in the household, who I was in the family. What was my role? My, you know, my mother's sitting here. She's, she's really excited. She's like, (laughs) Uh, but you know, really just like who, who was I in my family structure is what mattered. And then I was like, Oh, now the iceberg is tipping because that wasn't clear. Um, all of the other, all the other, you know, constructions on so uh, on on my, my sexuality or my gender identity didn't dawn because there wasn't language. But when we talked about family structure and relationship, it was very clear. So my polyamory is what actually brought people into the deeper space of really being like, hold on. So what do you mean you don't want to identify as quote a husband? What do you mean you don't want to identify as, you know, as, as, you know, as a, as, as a son or like all of these things became roadblocks for family structure. Because once again, black social respectability politics, if you're going to be seen as even a black family, let's just be real, the percentages of single, single family homes and, you know, particularly you know, um, Black and, and, and Latinx communities is very high compared to white America, right? And white family structures and cis family structures. So this, you know, to, to begin to rearrange the family structure in a way that speaks to polyamory and then speaks to community and creating community together and then changing social structures where like, you know, Supporting, you know, supporting black femmes, supporting black queer femmes in, in, in my family structure, in my, in, my, in, in my poly configuration is very essential. It's the number one thing in my household. If you can't honor black women, we really don't have a problem. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, it, and it's because of that. It's, 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 it's really a cultivation thing. It's flipping everything on its head. And so I, I found that that was where the coming out became very clear, but it wasn't clear until it actually disrupted what everyone had to understand as family structure. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how much that is, is uh, challenging the hierarchy, you know, in, in something like that, then, then there's not the clear hierarchy and who's the head of the household. Mm-hmm. And- All of that played into it a lot. Um, the structures of, 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 of you know, who who gives you know who gives instruction? I mean, coming out of a religious home, the first thing that you understand is like the the husband is the head. You know that that was like really. Uh, I don't know if I want all that going on. You know, I and you know, I mean, heck, when I when I met my life partner, you know, she looked at me and was like, um, God didn't tell me that I was marrying you. It's like, oh, excuse me, you know, I got, I, I mean, but it was good to see someone with agency and I was open to it. I was already okay with that. I didn't need to be like, well, God told me this and da, 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 da. Like her response, I was like, I'm going to marry you. She was like, God didn't tell me that. I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I think that those, those were very helpful things, um, you know, and I, I think it's been important to you know, even see like moments where like even, you know, my partner, Brian, who, you know, white, like the structure is different. Um, 
you know, um, very much so trying to constantly work on understanding his position and, and how he is in the space because he can move in the world differently as a white man, and particularly as a white gay man, right? That's a very different structure. And, and so being in a space with, you know, two black femmes, a, you know, black, you know, non-binary person, and here's a, you know, a, a white cis gay man, it's a, it's a, it's a flip on complete structure, social structure. And what does it mean for it, for that? Uh, what, what dialogues happen? What questions do arise? What possibilities, you know, what, what are things that also come from just social trauma, right? All of that is resting uh, in the, in the, I'll, I'll say in the complex tension and beauty of my family. Mm-hmm. I have to hold all of that. I have to call out moments of, uh, of like <laughs> whiteness and how, and how like to be mindful of, you know, how privilege shows up. I have to be very mindful of how I show up when I am even thinking, you know, when I'm thinking, oh, I want this moment of, you know, uh, to be, uh, to be respected in this way, but also not quench, right. The spirit of, of, you know, black queer fems in my, in, 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 you know, in our configuration, all of that is, is a dialogue, but I find that it has been so helpful because it is such a, is a loving conviction to constantly be that critical, not sensitive, critical, because this, because if I want to do the work that I'm doing, if I'm going to be even on this network and, and be with others, like I need to be mindful of how I see myself in positionality, how I see myself in possibility and be mindful of how I hold power and how I engage with aspects of myself that maybe can pass as an act of privilege because of the person I might look like in the world. I need to be very considerate of that. That is challenging. That is a constant challenge of evolution that I'm willing to face though. Um, and, and I find, and I, and I see all of my partners engaging with a lot of that questioning as well. What is power? What is privilege? How do we change it to understand the importance of focusing on positions, position and possibility? Um, because that's the way that's going to make us a people. You know, those are my three P th- those are my technically my three P's when I when I talk about them. You know, it is it is really getting us to a place of 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 um of, of, of position and possibility so we can be a people. So as you're, as you're, you're coming out and you're finding your identity, were there people that supported you in a way that surprised you that, that had your back and, and were. Hmm. Oh gosh. I think, I mean, you know, being that me and my, me and my life partner were, were late bloomers I mean, I, I was the first to tell her that I was like, okay, number one, I don't know if I believe in God anymore. Welcome to seminary, right? I was like, I don't know if I believe in God anymore. So that was like, oops. <laughs> and I don't know if I necessarily actually believe, uh, you know, I was like, I, 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 I was like, I think I'm, I think I'm gay, but I'm not, I'm not but, I, but I love you. So I was like, I, I must be bi because I still didn't have language. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just, I did, you know, like that, um, and I really had to make sense 
and I tried to keep making sense of things. But my life partner, Story, Story Michelle, really just journeyed. I never knew. And a lot of times it wasn't, it, it wasn't a fact because I, I, I didn't tell her. It was honestly because I didn't always know. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know. And I didn't know what was coming up. And I didn't have, I couldn't even pinpoint if something was arriving or, you know, arising in me. I, I couldn't pinpoint what was concrete and what was abstract. Um, you know, there were no indicators of, of anything. It wasn't like, you know, where some people can say like, oh, you know, well, like I felt more sexually aroused, you know, with this person than I am with it. That wasn't happening. That wasn't happening at all. Thank goodness it wasn't happening. I, I, I just enjoy being a sexual being, if I may be honest, you know? So like, it was like, embrace it, you know? And like, can I embrace that part of myself? Can I just embrace the fact that I'm a sexual being? And even, I mean, if anybody else was, you know, like that's, that was even taboo, right? To embrace the fact of being a sexual being who actually delights in being pleasured and likes to pleasure, right? That, I don't think we talk a lot enough about that as, as queer folk. We are very sexualized by other people's narrative, but we are never looked at as individuals who actually deserve pleasure and understanding ourselves to be able to offer pleasure as well. And so that was something that was happening for me. And I actually, in some ways, I will say I, I feel like as I began to evolve, you know, yeah, she held me all the way through, all the way through. And not a moment, not a dull moment where I was, I was like, and I felt bad. I did. I felt really, really bad because I was like, I can't communicate anything. <laughs> I can't, I can't. I don't have no words. I'm still, I'm like, I'm still learning some stuff from seminary because I'm really interested in like queer and trans liberation theology. And I'm trying to like make sense of like putting this together because I knew if I broke my religious cycle and not necessarily broke out of it, but like broke into it, where in a way where I could validate my experience, I could be able to do the work that I needed to do, not only for myself, but with others. And I, and and it took a long, it took, it took time. Um, now my, 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 uh, because I went to a very liberal seminary, I mean, all of my friends were like, we love you. You're great. And I was like, I wish the fuck I knew what I was doing, but I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like, oh my God, like, oh, what is this? You know, and pardon me if that's too hard of language on the network, my fault. Uh, <laughs> I use a lot of secular punctuation. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, like, I really was like, oh, you know, like, I just didn't have it. Um, And it was really just the lack of confidence. It was a lack of confidence to use language to also be, to also not get stuck in definition. I was scared of definition. Mm -hmm. I was scared of definition because I was just like, these words don't hold me. I mean, even still to this day, I'm the same way. I mean, I'm like that with, 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 you know, the only thing that probably sounds like, you know, user-friendly language is like saying being polyamorous, but I don't like terms like metamor. You know, when people are like, well, you know, oh yeah, you're a metamor, you're a polycule. I'm like, what is that? I don't want that. That sounds like something. That sounds like something I don't want, honey. That just sounds like, you know, <laughs> you know. But I respect anybody who uses that kind of language. But I was just like, 
from my experience, like we have, you know, we don't, we're like, that's our beloved. That's our love bugs. Those are, you know, like we, you know, we are able to put things in a certain way that speak to who we are. And I think it's okay also what I really appreciated in, in having that support. I got support in creating our own language. That it didn't need to be defined, but that it could be redefined. That it could be co-defined um, in a way where people people could could were not telling my story, but also, but actually taking the opportunity to share in my story and giving me the right to answer to the part of the story that actually held my truth if they had to use it. It was very important to use, to, to, to do that. Um, so I, I, you know, I think that that's, you know, kind of the journey, um, you know, when I think about just, you know, one person, unfortunately, you know, I knew I, I knew I couldn't go to church or anything like that. That's was like, Oh no, no, this is not going to work. Cause I was like, I, I got too much. I was like, I'm about to figure everybody out with, with this information and, and how I read the texts and how I was able to interpret it in very liberating ways. I didn't want to do all that. I wanted to just be authentic. Um, and I didn't want to bring myself under any more scrutiny. So I didn't even bother to think about like, if a church was going to reject me or not. That wasn't my question. My question was, who was I able to love and who was able to share and who was able to serve a table of love? Otherwise, I didn't want to waste my time. Such a, uh, such a great perspective. I love that. <laughs> I, I just, I love, I love all of your perspectives. It's wonderful. <laughs> um, so as we're wrapping up this section, I have a couple uh, final questions for you. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that you feel you've been able to accomplish because of your identity or because of, of the, the various ways you identify? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's so interesting. Um, that's a really powerful question. Um, you know, it's funny to be in the spaces that I'm in. I mean, right. Number one, I'm clergy. Right. Like if I listed it out in my head, I'm like, okay, well, number, okay, no, number one, number one, I'm a creative. Number two, I'm clergy. Number three, I'm a, I'm I'm a professor. And all of the spaces that I'm in, I am the first in a lot of those spaces, except for the creative component. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, And the congregations that I serve, you know, I'm the first black humanist. Like that's very different, but I'm also the first black queer non-binary humanist. That's like, you know, and so. <laughs> fun so, down, very specific. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it, it does, it does that. Cause I'm like, I, you know, and so it's, it's interesting because people will call me actually more for the racial component or the ethnic component versus my sexuality um, or my gender identity. And I've always, and, and, and the questions are asked to me like, what, you know, what do I hold more? And I'm like, 
I go to bed with all of this. <laughs> you know, like I wake up to all of this, you know, like, like, yeah. And it's not easy to funnel down like that. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm, you know, at Ohio in the theater department, like you would think that being in a creative space like that, that we would have that. No, I'm the black non-binary queer person. And if you look me up and you look at my department, what you're first going to see is this, you know, and you're going to be like, oh, it's, you know, but it's a very open space that's trying to, you know, enhance its ability to be welcome. Um, You know, and I'll be honest, like I said in my congregations, like I say in all of my spaces, look, thank you for allowing for me to be here and color white spaces. Right. That comes from out of, you know, that you know, and, and that's that's important. I, I think it's just important to list that. But I also like as a not only just being a person of color, I enjoy being color, being a colorful person. Right. And bringing all of that into this space and being like, this is what you get. And, you know, like I'm. Yeah, you're going to be able to point to me. But the other thing is, it's like. If you see me. If you're watching me even now, I am not to be a prototype. I am not to be the icon. I am not to be the staple. I am not to be a gateway. I am simply one person who wants to make a thumbprint for others to create the rest of the handprint. Mm-hmm. Because we are not a monolith. Not all people are the same. I am very, you know, and so I think it's important to see that. I think it's important to realize that my narrative is going to be different. My journey is going to be different. And I think if we can hold that even in this space and just as well as I shared in my other spaces, I think that's the beginning of this work. I think that's the beginning of, of, of our healing as a global community. Um, and I don't, I, and, and I, and I, I don't, I, I see it as a larger mission to think about this relationship as a macrocosm to a macrocosm, mm-hmm. uh, really making, you know, full headway, on the reality that we're trying to create. Well, and, you know, and hearing you talk about your identity, your, your various identities and, and how they play into your, your daily life, I feel kind of privileged to have you in this space and to have you joining us because I feel like it's, it sounds like being non-binary is sort of, is sort of tertiary to you. It, it, it's, it's a part, but it's, it's not what you bring forward. Um, yeah. And so it, it, it feels it feels very privileged to, to have your energy here in this space showing up for the trans community, um, considering that. Well, you know, I, 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 I'll say this, you know, um, as I as I've been doing keep living for the for, you know, the past, you know, from the past season. One of the things one of the phrases that started coming up for me a lot was I wanted people to find a home in me. There are so many things that rest in me that I'm just like, I am filled with possibility. There's, there's no way that I shouldn't be able to look at, you know, that somebody, you know, should not be able to look at my experience and say, I want to find a home in you. 
because and that allows for me to bring them in or hold them in spaces where they where they need that support, where they need that love, where they need that that trust, where they need that moment of listening, where they need to come in and feel like they are seen. Um, that's deep. It's a very deep reality um, for for me. And so, like, I hope, just like you're doing, we're helping people find their way home. Um, and that's and that's a big part of this work. It's it's interesting though the way you frame that. You say you know that you want to be the home for people. I don't have the faith in myself and 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 the trust in myself to feel like I could be that. I'm creating this space for that. But I don't have the faith in myself to that, you know, to understand that I, I can be that. That's 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 interesting. We're gonna grow in together. I, I can see I can see you and I growing into some amazing things and possibilities because I see I do see you doing some things that I think in many ways you're you're very, very careful of your privilege. And I see that. If, if you see the possibilities that you are working at, you'll see there's a home in you. But the possibility requires confidence and a confidence in being curious. And curious, oftentimes we don't think that we're sure, yeah. but actually there's a lot of confidence in it. And as someone who is, I, I can only speak for myself, I used to teach for 13 years in, 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 in public school systems. And as an art teacher, all the, t- all the students want to know are two things. Does this look good? And can I make this look real? Does this look good? And does this look real? Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, our own human experience as adults, those are the questions that we still ask. Does this look good? And is this possible? Is this real? Right? Mm-hmm. Is this real? There's something about this experience even now for you and I together, even in this space with my show, with the network, with how you are, with how I am. We're not engaging power. At this point, we're not even engaging privilege. We're leaning into possibility that's asked the, that really confronts those two questions and saying, what do you think about it? And if we, and if you see what I saw today, what I saw today with people tuning in, what I saw today with hearts and sunshines and rainbows, what I saw today with hashtags and, and, and love languages going across the screen, I've been doing this for some time, but it's great when you can share your possibility with me and I can share your po- and I can share my possibility with you. And we enter into a space of holy curiosity where we are confident in our ability to find possibility in each other. And that dismantles what we think is a right. That brings us closer to creating new spaces for us to find ways for us to connect in possibility to create new probability. That's where the shift happens. And you are doing that. 
Um, but it does take us, I will say, I had to learn, it takes us to realize when we can declare it. But I, I, I see a lot of it and it's happening and it's happening and it's happening. It's happening because of people like Justice. It's happening because of the, the, your, your, team, your mod team. It is happening because of not only an, of an audience you created, but a community, a global community. It is happening because we decided to be fearless, even while being fearful. Honor that. Let us honor that together. Let us honor that as a family. Let us honor that as a virtual community. Let us honor that wherever we are. That we are fearless while also being fearful. Yeah, and it's what we do with that fear that defines us. Mm-hmm. It becomes a legacy. Mm. So, um, what is your favorite thing that you've learned on your journey? I have, you know, uh, there's so much. <laughs> just, I'm like, I love, I, I, I'm just grateful that I had to come to the reality that I could wake up scared to myself, scared of my truth. And I was so scared of my own truth. I'll tell you this, how much I was scared of. I was so scared of my truth of waking up every morning. I did not want to lose sight of that fear. Most people, when they're like scared, they adjust themselves. I literally knew, I would think, Oh, I can't wear that today. I can't do this today. I can't, you know, I need to make sure I look like this because I got to go here. And when I started doing that, I realized I was operating from a place of fear and scarcity. I was living, I was coming from a place of fear and scarcity. And I said, actually, you take that scare that you have and you embody it to a place where you realize you actually need to transform it. And I would actually, instead of adjusting myself because of my fear, I would step more into it because I needed to defeat my fear with my bravery to be myself. It is a big deal, honey, to wake up to yourself and actually have that much level where you're like, I am scared of myself and what might come out. I'm scared of myself and to to think of what may happen. I am scared of myself to realize I actually might be you know, I might, you know, I, I, I might, I might want to put this on. I, I might be attracted to this person or I might want, and, and after a while, I, I, I might want to create this. I, I might establish it. And you get to a place where you're like, actually invite the scare for a minute and balance it out. And if you, if you can succeed over the scare with bravery. It's almost like a scale. You can balance it out, but you don't want it to equal out too much because the truth of the matter, you want this to be, a, you want your bravery to be more yeah. than what your scare was. And that's what I had to realize along my journey. It, 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 and, it, and it helped me. It really helped me. And so 
when I do walk in the world, I walk here. And it's like, oh, wow. And then I, I forget, I forget that scare. I forget why I woke up with all the anxiety. I forget why I was, you know, why I was dealing with social depression. I forget why I, you know, why I cared in the first place. I, it like, I'm like, yes, like I'm queer as in fuck you. Oops, <laughs> you know, like there it is. You know, and people be like, oh, like, oh, that's what that, like, yeah, that's why I really don't care. <laughs> you know, and people be like, oh, okay, but I got there. Yeah. And that has been the journey. That has been the journey. And and to and to take back my narrative in all of it and be like, I actually don't owe you this scare. You're I'm not gonna pay you with my scare. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. This is this is not the fall, this is not the fall. Um what is it? The the the, the, the fall fair. I don't have to go through no no no, no creepy little haunted house. And pay for somebody to scare me anymore. Nope, 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 nope. I'm sorry. My integrity and my character is too well intact and too well invested in for me to give you too, uh, all that attention. Hmm. Not today. Not today, Satan. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I love love the idea of, of taking the power out of that fear. And, and you know, our, um, we, we we still have the, we're, we're governed by the lizard brain and our our reaction is fight or flight there's several other f's listed in that but i'm going with the the high level just for for simplicity's mm-hmm. sake but um so all of these fears come up in things that we do in our day-to-day lives and i, I feel like what, what you're saying is you know as you are embracing that fear and and really examining it um you start to realize what fears are real and what uh, what aren't what um you can overcome mm-hmm. and what you can't and or, or what what situations really um should be um, should cause fear and uh, where you are literally, you know, truly in danger. Um, and yeah, it, it helps you balance things out and, and look yeah. at everything different. And and then things that you're afraid of, then you're just curious that you're like, okay, I'm fearful of this. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it's, it's all about, yeah. I, I what, it, what I hear off of that too is like, there is a need to, I've been, you know, I've been saying since since we've been talking also about like, you know, evolution. But I think there's another thing that that's coming to me now um, is the need to also elevate. You know, like, and I, I, I'm gonna need to sit with that some more when I'm I'm just feeling in my in my in my chest area this need to like elevate elevate my heart elevate my mind like it rise above you know um there was a there i'm I'm beginning to think about the there's uh there was a video some time ago two years ago that came out where a uh a hotel a hotel um clerk was helping a woman the woman got very indignant and the clerk began to lift up, up his hands and said it's above me it's above me it was above him and so i think there's a part of a lot of our experience that sometimes we got to get to that place where it's above me 
you know, <laughs> this is not my pay grade, honey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is not in my pay grade, honey. It's above me. <laughs> you, you know, I, I ain't got nothing else to add to you other than <laughs> it's above me. And maybe that is the elevation too. Well, you know, and, and, and I'm willing to sit, you know, I'm, I'm you know, now, now you didn't spark the scholar in me where I'm like, let me go find some things on elevation and and how that happens and how we how we do that, because we need to get to a place where we it's it, it is a it's 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 important to understand. Our position, but also understand our preposition and how we how we can overcome our situation. If something is above me, then that means I can go under you. But one way or another, I'm a maneuver around you. I don't care if I got to do the, the electric slide, honey, and get around you. I'm going to do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, I don't care what it takes. If we need to do a hold down and I need to go ahead and get in my line dancing and put on my cowboy boots, we can go, baby. <laughs> okay. Because one way or another, I'm going to get around this because we, because look, we as, we as, as trans and, and gender diverse folk, we know how to maneuver if we need to. So we're going to sashay. We're going to sashay right on away from you, honey, if you want to act like you ain't got no good sense. <laughs> As we uh, wrap this section up with a nice little bow and, and take a, a much needed break for you, definitely, I'm sure. What is the key advice you have for young or closeted trans, non-binary, gender diverse folks out there? Mm. My babies, my babies, my babies. I'm going to give you the advice that holds dear to me because I'm going to give you something that is deeply intimate to me. I'm inviting you in a deep for meditation walk. This is for my young babies here. And if y'all and, and, and for those who still have a youthful heart, I invite you to do this meditation with me. You have decided to walk on a sidewalk. And you have decided to walk down this road on this sidewalk. And you come to a door and there's a house. And you knock on the door of that house. You take a deep breath because you don't know what's on the other side of the door waiting for you. Take a knock. Maybe it's a hard knock. Maybe it's a soft knock because you're unsure. But knock nonetheless. I want you to just knock. And I want you to take the moment to take that deep breath that is causing you reluctancy, causing you hesitation, causing you fear, maybe causing you anxiety. And I want you to get prepared because I'm going to open the door. I'm going to meet you at the door. I'm going to smile at you. And I'm going to tell you to fall in love with the learning of yourself. Fall in love with the learning of yourself. Fall in love with what you call me, myself, and I. Fall in love with the learning of your worth. Fall in love with the things that you have yet to discover. Fall in love with all the things that you have truly and tried and tried again and never throwing in the towel. Fall in love. And anytime you want to come knocking on this door, anytime you want to walk down that sidewalk, know that down the road, there is a house and a home for you to fall in love with the learning of yourself.
Thanks for listening to this episode of The Transgender Show from The Transverse Network. Watch this show live Tuesday nights at twitch.tv slash The Transverse and later on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash The Transverse. Be sure to check out Keep Living wherever you get your podcasts, spelled L-I-V apostrophe N. If you love what we're doing and want to help support The Transverse and get access to exclusive content, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash The Transverse.